Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. This is Krista. And this is Rachel. And this is our New Year's Eve episode. Yay, a whole new year. I'm ready. This year sucked. I mean, New Year, same us. Whatevs. No, new me. Don't All give right. me that. <laughs> new Year, new Rachel. New Year, same Krista. Chop my hair. I did chop my hair, actually. See, you can't you tell it because it's up in a ponytail, but I did do oh, it. Oh, did you? Well, you have to show me later because I yeah. bet it's really cute. You look cute with short hair, though. Like, I'm just mm. like, my hair at this point is like, like a safety blanket. But see, but I, yeah. like, I, bring I was in that perfect middle ground where like it was gonna take so much longer to grow it out I was like let's cut four inches I don't care anymore well I hit so. the point where it's like past my boobs mm. so like once you cut it up it takes forever to go back you know what I mean that's true like I'm at a critical point as well maybe I'll just go for a trim and then see how I feel yeah anyways we yeah so since this is our new year's episode we kind of did some weird things so I had a grandiose idea. I found a book that was set on, in, during the week between Christmas and New Year's and then went into New Year's Eve itself. And I was super excited because I figured it was perfect. It's called P.S. Your Cat is Dead by James Kirkwood. And it was trash. Oh, no. It was, I didn't even finish it. Like, it was that bad. good. That's yeah. like, you finish everything. Yeah. So the blurb was like super funny. It had me hooked. It was like this guy and he's just like, he's like, you know, you ever just had one of those years? You get robbed twice. Your girlfriend dumps you. You lose your job. You lose your house. You get evicted. Oh, and your cat's dying. And then it's like, so it's like this whole thing where like, and now it's like New Year's Eve. And so he's like finally ready. But yeah, basically this guy is like, he's in, it's set in like, I think like the eighties or something, which I also didn't realize. Um, oh. oh yeah well, that's one of the other ones his best friend dies too yeah like Aww. he just this dude has like the shittiest one week it's like it's a week like oh my god yeah, i think maybe his fr- friend dies or like earlier in the year but everything else happens so yeah he gets like robbed once because he like lives in this like super cheap apartment like it's a really nice apartment that he got like for a good deal or whatever but then someone died here but you can get a discount <laughs> It was, like, one of his, like, actor buddies, like, got married to some wealthy woman and, like, was, like, here, have my apartment. But, like, the bakery that was on the bottom floor is gone. So, at this point, he's the only tenant now. So, he, like, gets robbed once, replaces everything, comes back, and, like, the door is off the hinges. Oh. Yeah. And then he has, like, yeah, he ended up finally getting a really good acting job. Like, this was going to pay, like, $200 a week or something, which apparently is good back then. Um, but then they like call him and he's like, yeah, so you lost it. And he's like, how? Like it hasn't even started. And they're like, yeah, sorry. And like his girlfriend and him getting like this giant fight and she breaks up with him and he has to finally take his cat to the vet. And the vet's like, yeah, he's going to die. Oh, but yeah. So it's like, but it's basically just like this guy, like slowly going into insanity and like rambling. Like he's like sitting there, like waiting for the burglar to come back. So that way he can like attack him or something. And then I finally stopped because the burglar did come back. I don't know. It was just like, I was like, this guy is just like slowly losing his damn mind. And like, rightly so. Like, that's a whole bunch of shitty shit that sucks to happen. For sure. But it wasn't very good. And I should have actually read the reviews. Not super interesting as a book. Yeah. Somebody was saying that it's more like a, pl- like it would be better. Like, they think it was written to be a play, mm. which is called a novel. Like, in the title, it's like, P.S. Your Cat is Dead, a novel. But somebody was like, yeah, no, this is definitely, like, a semi-play version. I feel like if it was a play, like, the things that went down that you've described so far would be, like, pretty good as satire. Mm-hmm. Like, when you could act it out. So I could totally see that. Yeah. Like, Maybe I think it would... As a book, it would be, like, a whiner. Yeah. It wasn't great. So anyways, so I gave up on that. So instead, I kind of, um, you know, just jumped on your bandwagon since you're doing... Felicia Day's first book, and then you're going to talk about the second one. I know I ruined it for you because then I'm also going to talk about the second one. Anyways, Rachel, what book are you doing? Oh my god! Okay, so I'm doing a book that I've read before, but um, I'm like super into like 
like the celebrity like memoirs and like tell-alls like I've I'm halfway through Ali Wong's like Dear Girls right now that she like wrote to her girls I don't know if you've listened to any of Ali Wong's stuff but that's crazy mm, so yeah, I've done that one I've done um you should Baby Cobra it's on Netflix it's amazing okay um, <laughs> so I've done like Ali Wong stuff and then I've done um Whitney Cummings did a book it was like I'm fine and other lies I tell myself oh yeah uh, so that one's a good one. And then I know she's kind of controversial, but I also really like Rachel Hollis. Yeah. A lot um, of people really second, like her. Her second book is better than her first one. I will give you that oh, because okay. her first book is a lot more like religious-y and mm-hmm. her second book is a little more real. Okay. Um, so I'll tell you that. So I also, of course, read Felicia's. So mm-hmm. I've read her, I read hers a long time ago and I actually own like the Kindle version and the Audible version. So I listened <laughs> again. I'm a, I'm a big listener. I'm yeah. You're super trend. into that right now. I'm not even like just now though. Like I've oh, owned always... the audible and I've owned the physical depending on like what I was doing. So because oh. I've read it multiple times. Um, yeah. I don't know if I've actually like read it all the way through multiple times though, to be fair. I've listened to it multiple times, but I think I've only read it once. Um, so this week for this one, I decided I would do Felicia Days because we have two books now from her. Mm-hmm. I haven't finished the second one yet, so we'll get to that. Um, her first one's a memoir. Her second one is like a creativity workbook, which is yeah. kind of amazing because she's fucking amazing. Uh, you met her recently, which I'm hella jealous of, and I really wish I could have gotten myself out of bed for her, but I couldn't stop crying. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it would have been rough. She would have hugged you. She would have given you like the biggest hug, though. Well, that was like literally the reason I wanted to go, is I was like, Felicia Day will hug me, and I will feel so much better, and it will be great, but I just like the drive from here to where you are was like, I couldn't keep yeah. myself together for that long. Yeah. If it hadn't been a two hour drive, if it had been like, you'll be there in 10 minutes, like. Dear listeners, my mother died like a week and a half before we were supposed to meet Felicia day that we had planned like months in advance. So yeah. I didn't get to go. Um, it's fine. I still have a picture of you with her, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. And I will meet and her someday. I swear yeah. to God. And I will have a great story to tell her. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to be one of those people that goes up on stage. Cause at the end she was like, anybody have questions? I think like three people had questions. Everyone else just went up to tell, like tell her how much they loved her, which is like perfectly fine. Except for when you're the one person sitting there and you're like, we all love her. It's we know, fine. That's why we're here. Yeah. But you could totally be one of those people that just like tells her the whole story so well i know after listening to her book that she definitely checks like her dms and stuff i was like maybe i'll send her a message and be like please come to comic-con because i really want to <laughs> see you. and i've been trying to make it happen for years and i missed it and it's a whole thing we'll tag anyway. her we'll tag her on an instagram post for this one. Oh, we're absolutely doing that i really like just like cross my heart i'm just I'm crossing my heart right now just because it works yeah. um so i re-listened to her first her memoir which is you're never weird on the internet almost <laughs> Which I love. So basically, um, the there's like a preface done by Joss Whedon because she works with him a lot, like for like Dr. Horrible's blog. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, I love Dr. Um, Horrible's sing-along blog. I just saw it. What? I just Ugh. saw it for the first time, like like literally a week ago. Oh, that's like, like what I don't got know me. I haven't seen this. That's like what got me into liking Felicia Day. See, for me, it was the Guild. I don't know if you've seen the guild, but no. like the guild is like super gamery, which was like that's what I know Felicia Day from. Like it's a web series, but Netflix put it on in like I don't know, 2014, maybe it was on Netflix. So like that's when I like got to know who Felicia Day was. Like I had heard of her before because like obviously once I kind of get into her book a little bit, like she existed before that. Yeah, it wasn't I like just, I wasn't mainstream enough and I wasn't like big on the internet or anything, like until yeah. like recently with my career. But um so basically like, so there's an intro by Joss Whedon and like one of the things that he says in his intro that gets me every time because I could totally skip it, but I always listen to his intro <laughs> is that he says that, um, she like, he's like, you can listen to her like speak breathlessly. And he's like, and I say breathlessly because Felicia Day never breathes when she speaks. Like <laughs> literally that's exactly how this entire book is read. Like one long it. breath. And it's yeah. amazing. And like, even better is she includes some like hella amazing pictures. Like you're going to get to see them. Oh, that is awesome. Oh yes. my God. So like when you have the audible version, like you get like a PDF that you can like scroll through. And so like when she mentions oh, a picture, you so can could follow along. Yeah, exactly. But like, they're actually like inserted into the book. Um, but basically the gist of it is this book was Felicia being like, so I'm famous and I put a lot of work into that, but I've gotten some shit for that because Gamergate. And so we're going to start from the beginning of like who I am and why I am where I am. So like, 
too long didn't read. Basically, Felicia Day was like a homeschool kid. I think her dad was like a doctor in the military. So they traveled a lot for like his training or he would be like have to be different places. Her parents were basically like giant hippies too, which I think is funny considering her dad had like some sort like, I mean, you're a doctor in the military. You're not like a soldier or anything. So it's a little different, yeah. but like still. <laughs> so um, her mom was like a really like like hands-on parent because she did the homeschooling stuff with them, but they also got a lot of freedom because they were homeschooled. Like they did public schools for a little while when they were younger. They, by they, I mean her and her brother. She has one brother, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I know way too much. She also calls herself Lisey. And that was like her childhood nickname, Lisey. Oh my gosh. Just like, because that wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, so her and her brother were homeschooled from like a really young age, even though they did do some mainstream schools, but it was like a, it was like a catholic school, like a christian school. So like she would come home and like tell her mom like exaggerated stories about like things that would happen to like get her mom heated up about it or whatever and like try to like get herself away from school because she hated it, which is like so classic. Um, so eventually because they had to move around so much, her mom was just like, screw it, we'll just homeschool. But because of that, like they had a really unique, she had a really unique like education you know, she basically had to pick whatever she was interested in. She didn't have like social peers around her to pressure her into doing something else. Like her and her brother figured out really quickly that like when they did have opportunities to engage with other like homeschool kids, like those kids were fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) So they just like, they just lived in their own little bubble. Right. So like she was able to, from super early on, be whoever she wanted to be without anybody being like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Without like having to feel like she needed to conform or do anything. And so like the internet kind of ended up being her social outlet, like once it became popular. So when she was like uh, in her teens, like 13, 14, 15, she played this like, I don't even remember what it's called, like Ultimate Dragons or something. Um, I think it was Ultimate Dragons. Either that, <laughs> or that was like her team name. Either way, she, she refers to it as Ultimate Dragons. So she like played this like game online where they would like you know, they would have like chat rooms and that kind of stuff because like online wasn't like super big quite yet. Yeah. Um, and they would like get to know each other and they like would all, they all met up at some point. She was like, and that was super weird. They all like met up in Kentucky. So her mom drove her from wherever they were, I think like Mississippi at that time, because they basically went all around like the, the West, like the Midwest is, is generally where she's from. Um, and so like her mom drove her to like meet these weird internet friends and then like encouraged her to like have her first kiss. And nobody got murdered? Nobody got murdered, but like Jeez. she said it was really weird because some of them, like when you're in a chat room, you don't think about the fact that some of you are adults and some of you are literally children. Oh yeah. But like it was really uncomfortable and like the persons whose house that they met at, like kinda like the mom like kinda kicked him out or like encouraged <laughs> the weird friends to leave. So like she has her first kiss with this like awkward, sweaty teenage boy she met online because her mom was just like, No, stay in the car and kiss that damn boy. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, You're gonna have social experiences, damn it. <laughs> You'll um, be homeschooled, but you're gonna do the things basically so like she ends up like having like a lot of like weird experiences with strangers but like they're not really judged because like it's the internet you know which is basically why her titles are never weird on the internet almost i love i love the almost um so as her life progresses she becomes you know interested she's interested in video games she kind of always is but she's got like a lot of like weird nerdy hobbies like she's a like a violin prodigy she has no GED or high school degree to speak of in any way, shape, or form, but she has two college degrees, one in math gross, and one in violin. <laughs> and she was very young too. I think she graduated college when she was like 18, 19. Like she started college at like 16, oh, but she had like scholarships and stuff. And so they never, at the time, like they didn't do the whole, like dig into your parents' taxes and all that crap. Like she got scholarships because she was so good. She's even like operatically trained. Like she has an opera training background so like it blows my mind that she doesn't have better um songs in dr horrible like why would you not take advantage of that like yeah, it's not really about her she's just i don't care know. i want her to have a good song okay it's about felicia right now it's, it's not it's about dr horrible he tries to tell her laundry i get it day but they could my... have given her a better time but laundry day was a good time that's the best one but yeah you're right she you could like have at least had yogurt? one good song <laughs> oh look at that i happen to have two Crazy. um anyways so uh as like a young adult her brother introduces her to uh world of warcraft 
And so at this point, she's already been acting for a while because as a kid, she did like local plays. She says she's been in Oliver Twist like a ton of times because basically every little Midwest town does Oliver Twist every year. Like um, she even posts like in, in her uh, memoir, there's like a picture of her, hold on, in some, I've got a picture for you. I'm sorry, listeners, you don't get the exciting picture, but Krista does. There's like, oh, look at that outfit. She's kind of like dressed as like a mime. Kind of. Confidence three, self awareness zero on it, and it's pretty accurate. Yeah. So basically, picture a mime, but the entire like body part is this weird like plaid. It's like a, it's like a diamondy black and white situation. Like, so, so she's, she's been acting, like she does that kind of stuff. Um, I, as soon as she graduated college, she moved to LA because she was like, well, that's what I want to do. Like she does a lot of, a lot of commercials, but it's not very fulfilling. Right. So she would like, she said that, uh, in her book, she was like, commercial work is pretty, like it it pays well. Like you, you could easily work two days a year and make plenty of money to live on, but you have to get over being treated like a prop basically. She said that her, half of her nose appeared on a Super Bowl commercial and she made more money than she'd ever made in her life. Wow. How much do you think a pinky would be? <sighs> I mean, I don't know how much a nose is, so I have no gauge. That's, that's true. Yeah, she, to, like, she didn't actually <laughs> tell us how much half her nose was worth. More than but. she'd made in her life, which it, that says a lot. Like, it's, it's, thou- it's probably hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands. Like, yeah, it's Super, a lot of money. Yeah, Super Bowl is insane. Super Bowl, right. So she's been doing commercial work in LA. Like she has a long-term boyfriend and her brother introduces her to World of Warcraft. And I apologize anybody if I mess up this timeline a little bit. She does a lot of stuff in her life. Um, (laughs) So she becomes addicted to World of Warcraft, basically. Like to the point where like her boyfriend would like put food next to her and then she would be like, thanks honey. And then realize that it's been like two hours and her food is cold and he's long gone. Oh, jeez. Like she said that she would literally, she said that she got to the point where like, if her internet was down, she would just hop in her car and drive around the block and sob until the internet was back. Like she would spend like six to nine hours a day, every single day. And when she found out that she had some extra time that wasn't being filled with her character anymore, because like she'd advanced far enough and there's only so much you can do every day, you know, she made another character to fill that extra time. Wow. So she became like insanely addicted. She got like a comfy chair because she was worried about her ass spreading. Like, yeah, it was I mean, like you'd a have whole to. Yeah. yeah. Ergonomics. Right. right. And she like, she had like a guild. So this is kind of where her guild story came from is like part of her world, world of Warcraft experience. Um, so she had like a, a group of people who were like very eclectic. There was like, like a stay at home mom who was obviously not very good. Like their guild leader was, I don't know if guild is the right term. That's the term I'm using though. Cause that's what sure. I'm familiar with. We're going to go with it. So I her like world you. of Warcraft group guild thing. Um, I'm going to, prob- that's probably a guild considering that's what the, the show is called. Um, so like <laughs> the, the characters um, on the show, the guild are basically based off of the people that she got to know from her real life world of Warcraft guild. Oh, okay. Um, and so that was really interesting. Um, so she tried to step away from that, obviously, which is challenging. She had to go through like a lot of therapy and like trying to figure out like, okay, what in my life isn't fulfilling. And so she tried to step away from the commercial work, which is where, what kind of brought her to the guild, which actually happened before Dr. Horrible. Um, cause the guild I believe was 2009 and Dr. Horrible was like 2012. I think so. I think it was the 2000. I know it happened, uh, during that writer strike and I think it was, no, I think it was was it 2012? I thought it was in high school. Was it? I thought so. Maybe 2010. I'm not sure. I don't Either know. way, on the timeline, I'm pretty sure Guild came before Dr. Horrible. Um, so she ended up, like, by encouragement of her therapist, like, meeting, meeting this, like, group of ladies, and they would, like, hang out and talk about, like, the progress that they've made outside of, like, their addictions or whatever, like, the thing was that was keeping them from progressing in life, you know? So that's, like, that's cool. I think they called it, like, a hen's club or something like that. Like, Cute. something silly. Mm-hmm. Like they would like meet for pancakes because she says she always does meetings over pancakes, <laughs> <laughs> All right. which I love. Yeah. Which I love. Um, and so like uh, she kind of lied to them for a while, like about what had been going on in her life. She was like, "Yeah, I've been writing all this time, and I'm totally like succeeding and all this stuff." And she was like, "Okay, guys, like I gotta tell you, like I've actually just been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, and I haven't been doing anything." And they were like, "Well, why'd you lie to us?" 
like the best response you could get from a support group ever. Like nobody's pissed off that yeah. she's been lying. Nobody's like, why would you do that? You're being dumb. They were just like, oh, I can't believe you felt like you had to lie to us about it. Like, how can yep. we help you? And one of the women in her group um, was like an OG, like YouTuber mm-hmm. who had like a, like a web series basically before web series were really a thing that got picked up for television. I don't even remember who she is because she doesn't reference like the show that she makes, but I know she tried to do anonymity. So I don't know if it's her real name anyway. Oh, it's like okay. Jen or something. Um, so this lady was just like, well, like, let's, let's write something like you have like a lot, all these experiences. Like, let's try to like think of something along those lines. And she was like, Oh, okay. So she basically, Felicia basically like poured her world of Warcraft, like experience and frustrations and like how she was feeling about herself into the character that she plays on the guild, Sid. And she brought it to her group and they were like, this is pretty good because she'd already brought it to a bunch of like executors and stuff. And they were like, nah, I'm not really interested or mm-hmm. like, you need to change this or you need to do that. Or we want to buy the rights and you don't have any control over it. And she's like, well, I want to be the main character. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, I have a vision for my show, but like no one is letting me do those things. And so she brought it to her group and they read it and they're like, this is great. And so the YouTube lady was like, let's make it a web series. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we do that? And she was like, oh, sure. We have zero experience in recording a web series <laughs> or any of those things. Let's absolutely make that happen. Um, so literally like they used her apartment and like other people's apartments. They put out like actor casting calls. They didn't pay anybody. Like they would sneak in and out of apartments like at night to finish filming because the apartment managers had already told them they're not allowed to film there, but they had to finish the scene. Otherwise there's no consistency. Oh my like, God. Yeah. The neighbors were being loud one time. So she had to go like ask the lawnmower guy to like hold off for a half hour so they could finish filming, even though they weren't <laughs> supposed to be there. Like, so a lot of the guild is filmed in Felicia's apartment. Oh wow. And she said that she was like, we had no props. She literally became like a trash diver. She said that she would just like drive around LA and then be like, oh, look, there's that cool thing. I'm going to grab this. And I could totally use this as a prop. And this seems funny. She said her boyfriend was starting to get like pissed because he was just like, why are you bringing all of this stuff home? He's yeah. Like, it looks like a junkyard. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what was worse. You not eating, playing World of Warcraft or this? Like, right. He's like, all the shit I've had to deal with. Alicia, yeah. get it together. Yeah. <laughs> so um I guess like the final straw for him was she came home with one of these like 1950s hair dryer thingy oh, uh-huh. like with the seat and the big like beehive hair dryer and yeah. he was like is there a place for this in your script she was like well no but I feel like there's some comedy I could inject like to deal with he was just like no you're not putting this inside do not bring this into the house I think she ended up like getting a storage unit or something oh my gosh to just like host all of these things Um, so the guild became pretty successful and networks did try to buy her, like buy her out and like take over, but she didn't want to give up the rights. So she basically continued doing it herself and then ended up making uh, her own company, Geek and Sundry and YouTube ended up funding a couple of years of filming because they got to the end of season four, which each episode is basically a season. Um, there's only like six episodes, I think. So it's not like that long it's it's complicated it's not very long um so like they got to the end of like season four and they're like okay well we're out of money like what do we do and youtube was like we don't want to buy the rights like youtube at this point was like really investing in their web series because they wanted platform like they want people to come to their platform yeah right so youtube was kind of struggling obviously at this time because they're trying to drive people to their platform so they start supporting all of these little like off beaten path Mm -hmm. (laughs) like webisodes so YouTube basically funds them for a couple of years. So Geek and Sundry actually is like pretty successful. Like it's a successful company at this point. Like it's still going at this time. Um, I guess they had some like creative differences. So she like did divide with that partner lady who started it with her. So that was unfortunate. Um, But it helped Felicia kind of like be a part of something that she wanted to make rather than just like be an actor in commercials, right? So, like, that was, like, a huge part of her identity for a really long time. Um, I'm trying to think, where does she even go next with this? Because that's, like, that was, like, the huge thing. Um, the Guild was my most interesting. My most yeah. interesting thing. Because, <laughs> so that's what I really focused on in this book. Uh, and then she kind of goes on to talk about Gamergate a little bit. Everybody, please keep in mind that I'm not very familiar with the ins and outs of Gamergate, nor have I necessarily picked a side, but I'm always on Felicia Day's side. So if you're I've never even Day, you can just fuck off. Never even heard of it. So you don't even know what Gamergate is? No idea. Okay, so Gamergate, I just listened to this 
this chapter on purpose because I was like, it's very complicated. I need to remember yeah. like some of the details of what happened. So Gamergate basically started with this guy whose ex, whose girlfriend dumped him. And so he basically posted all of these like screenshots and uh, really intimate information about her online. So he basically like full on doxed her, um, doxing being sharing your private personal information, including your home address for malicious intent. Oh. Um, so he basically did that to her in like a six page essay. And so Felicia Day like looked at that because everyone was like, oh, look, drama is happening on the, in the gamer world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she like went and looked and she was like, wow, this is like really ugly. But like, I don't really want to engage with any of this because she had had her own doxing issue a year before with 4chan. Mm. But all of this stuff originated from 4chan. So basically the moral of the story is 4chan is garbage. Yeah. Um, but we all knew that anyway. Um, but basically Gamergate was like, I don't want to sound like ignorant or anything, but like the gist that I understood of what Gamergate was is that the men in the gamer community felt that the media reporting on gaming wasn't fair and was corrupt, but basically those men were just being misogynistic and saying that the women were fake. Hmm. That like women who game aren't real and they're explicit coming yeah. horrors and rape threats and not like authentic and like yeah. just doing it for likes or PR or for manip- manipulation. So like yeah. Felicia Day says that like she's gotten threats, like, like she, she read some of them and some of them were pretty terrible. Like she was like, so I am both hot enough to seduce gamer men, but also not hot enough that anyone would ever want to fuck my corpse. <laughs> like, so, that a, literally is what she got. That's a like, very specific level of hotness. Of hotness. Yeah. I there mean... There was one that was like, what's wrong with her nose? It looks like someone took a sledgehammer to it. And I was like, I will fight this person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was so mad for her. Just, like, reading, like, listening to some of these comments that, like, people think is okay to say because they're protected behind a screen, right? Mm-hmm. So, like... Felicia generally tried tried to not chime in because it made her uncomfortable and she'd had her own doxing experiences and she didn't want to be part of that. But also at the same time, like as a woman in the gaming community and a pretty prominent one at that, it's kind of your responsibility to say something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she said in there that um, evil succeeds if good men do nothing. Yeah. Like something like that, like that quote. And she was like, and I felt like the fact that I felt shame for not engaging was the exact region, reason that I should engage and, like, say something. And she had an experience that, like, made her mad enough to, like, post something on her Tumblr. So she was, oh, like, walking Tumblr. Oh, I know, right, Tumblr. I barely use that. Anyways. Oh, I use it um, so much. She was, like, walking down the street. And, like, normally whenever she encounters anyone who is wearing a gamer t-shirt or obviously part of the gaming community, she feels welcome. She's like, I've always had good experiences. Like everyone's always excited to see me and talk to me. Like, even if we don't have anything else in common, like we have video gaming in common. She's like, and this is like a huge community that I've always felt a part of. But as soon as Gamergate happened, she felt like it was so divisive that she was like, I saw two men walking on the same side of the street as me wearing gamer t-shirts and I crossed the street. Oh yeah. That's like a big change in like, yeah how she would normally behave That's right crazy. and she she did it like without even really thinking about mm-hmm. it either she said that she walked like another block before being like oh my god like there's this wedge between like me and this community that i've always felt a part of that wasn't there before so she put this like long tumblr post about basically how like everyone really needs to come together and like this isn't like how the gaming community is supposed to be you know what i mean yeah basically just like kind of defending like the goodness of the gaming community and like come on guys like why can't we be friends um and she posted it and then immediately got in her car to like go somewhere and will wheaton calls her and she was like that was weird because nobody calls you these days yeah <laughs> so he she answers and he sounded like super stressed out and he was like you need to turn your comments off right now like somebody has posted your home address on there and like she couldn't get in because she just changed all of her passwords on everything to like a uh. weird form character thing that she had documented at home but hadn't logged into on her phone yet Mm -hmm. and so she had to like do a password reset and by the time she got in to turn off the comments on tumblr there were over a thousand wow and like she does acknowledge she was like i wasn't doxxed like the other women who were affected by gamergate were doxxed 
because this information was already out there at this point because she was doxed the year before by 4chan. Yeah. So it wasn't that hard to find it. But like she said that she has gotten like certified letters in the mail, literally just saying like, I know where you live. Like she's had people just like hang out outside of her house, like in their cars, just, just watching. Just, just an intimidation factor. So she tried, she tried not to engage, but she did at one point, like send out one tweet that was like in support of a woman who ended up quitting the like gaming journalism industry because of like the harassment she was getting essentially. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, a lot of women journalists that reported on gaming did because they were told that they were fake and they Jeez. were, you know, ruining the gaming. I'm just like, that's <laughs> not how that fucking works. Like, I'm sorry I have a vagina, but that doesn't ruin <laughs> shit for you other than yeah. you can't be a complete dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, she, yeah, I tried not to engage, but she got a lot of crap for it. Um, so she didn't really like get full on docs or anything, but like, it kind of like marred her experience with the gaming community. And she was just like, and I still, you know, she obviously still a huge gamer, Yeah, but like in general, like it changes the way you interact with other people a little bit, mm-hmm. especially men in the gaming community and men in the gaming community were just like, Oh yeah, see, they're so sensitive. I was just like, no, it's like <laughs> you've been attacked. How dare you be sensitive? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so basically, Gamergate is an ugly, misogynistic movement um, that men will defend to the death. So some men, some men. I'll have yeah. that caveat. Uh, so that is a big part. She talks about that like at the end of her book because she was like, I feel like I need to address it. And I know that I'm probably going to get like harassed over this, but like, I need to tell you what happened mm-hmm. from my point of view. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I obviously don't know Felicia Day personally, but like from the things of her that she's written and I've read about her and I, I just don't feel like she's the kind of person that is doing any of those things. Also it's very classic of men to call women who want to be on camera attention seeking. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Or whores or whatever. Like literally yeah. everything is just like criticized. And so she had a hard time with that. So she said she did take a little bit of a step back and like she didn't accept like gigs to talk at conventions mm-hmm. like as much as she was and like that kind of thing. Um so I thought that was really interesting. And at the end of her book she talks about the tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bonus chapter where she talks about touring. She was like, you love it and you hate it and it's terrible. And it's like being at a convention for six weeks straight and you don't know what hotel room you're going to wake up in. And I stopped drinking liquids after 7 PM because sometimes I would run into walls because I couldn't remember where the bathroom was if I was like groggy. Oh gosh. <laughs> and like in, in her first book, she like describes her first kiss at that like creepy mm-hmm. kid with the unibrow situation. Like it was a whole thing. She like wasn't, I mean, she wasn't kind about it, but she wasn't mean about it. Yeah. Um, she made it funny. And he showed up at her book signing in Portland. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Um, but overall, I at the end, she basically says that like writing her memoir like was kind of like closing that chapter of her life, like the part that built Felicia. And now she feels like it took her a little while, but like she basically by doing that was able to like give herself permission to figure out what was next like take a take a break because she'd been like she literally made herself physically ill from all of the stress like there was so much going on and she couldn't figure out like why her hair was falling out and why she was so tired and like why she felt so sick all the time and like yeah some of it was stress and some of it was anxiety like there's a lot happening and like but she found out she had like a thyroid problem oh she's doing it Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's done like a lot of therapy, like a lot of doctors. She's like, it's funny, like when I literally couldn't remember things from my childhood, or I couldn't remember if I liked green beans, I didn't bother to go to a doctor. But as soon as I started feeling physically ill and my hair fell out, that was the line. <laughs> she was like, it's interesting. If someone says like I have kidney disease, I'm having a hard day, everyone will be like, oh my gosh, you're having a hard day. She's like, but if someone says I have anxiety and depression, I'm having a lot of really hard days, everyone just kind of looks at you like you've grown a head. Yeah. You're like, okay, why are you telling me this? Because. Right. And so I just, I love her breathless anxiety. Yeah. It just like goes along with the, this book. And I think that's why I've listened to it so many times versus reading it is because mm-hmm. like, it really adds to like her voice to listen to it. Like you really get the sense that like she feels all of these things and like, she's very passionate about all of these things. And like, it comes off as like very sincere and very much just like I typed everything that was in my head for the last 20 years mm-hmm. and I hope you enjoyed it because I'm an anxious mess. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of sort of how her like second book is too. Like once you are like reading through it, you're like, Oh, you literally were just like typing and typing and typing and typing and typing. And now you're apologizing for your typing. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah. So her second book is called embrace your weird face, your fears and unleash creativity. 
Um, and so it's kind of more of like a workbook to kind of work through like some of your own shit and like figure out like, um, so part of what I'm going to be explaining is the book. And then also from when I saw her, so, uh, she came up here and, um, she kind of like, she wasn't, the book was already signed. Like she wasn't doing like a signing or anything, but she was kind of like talking about the book and stuff she like that. A lesson. Yeah. Well, I think it was like a time thing. I mean, you still got pictures and everything after, but I think they were like to have her sign it and then talk and then the picture is going to take forever. Um, but so basically what this one is, is a lot about how she learned to deal with her anxiety and how to like, um, kind of like push through that and like accept her anxiety and move on not necessarily shouldn't say move on but kind of like accept it and still like be creative and stuff how to be a productive anxious person yeah and so like part of it is you're like becoming a superhero um and so you have to like create your own supervillain and like your powers and like figure all this stuff out and like literally you're supposed to like write in the book and it was like um kind of really hard to do but there's one part where like and a lot of it has like like she does her like spiels on it um, but then she'll like have like a, a mostly empty page where she's like, do all these things. She does say in the book though, and I do want to kind of preface this is that uh, you're not supposed to share like the stuff that you're like you're writing, writing down with people. You're not supposed to like, and I thought that was like really cool. Like, that's supposed to, like brilliant. I mean, it's not like share it and have other people edit. It's like, no, this is for you. Like, this is a confidence builder. This is to get out all those crappy ideas and to get like flowing. Like, yeah. Um, so like one of the very first things that she has you do is like draw the worst picture of a horse that you possibly can. And then at the bottom, she was like, that sucks. You nailed it. And like, I love that. Yeah. And then there's like an entire one where you just have to write, I am the greatest thing since Swiss cheese again and again and again. Like I had that one bookmark to call out yeah. because that's amazing. And then it's, yeah, I like did you, it. Yeah. You flip the page and it says, no, really believe it. Keep writing it. Yeah. And there's like a whole other one. The yeah. entire, there's like one where she was like, rip out this page. Yes. Rip this page out of this book. I refused. I was like, I will not be I won't do this it. page I'm out. Sorry, I won't do it. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, so it's just like, there's like a whole lot of things. And like, so then at some points, um, she'll talk about like, um, like it's just all these random things to get you like thinking. So like this one is like, uh, answer one of the questions below on a basic level. Why do you think you're weird? Or um what are some fun ways that you see the world that like other people don't and then there was one that was like we do creative shit like all damn day like how like what you decided to get dressed in is like a level of creativity so it's like think of something you did yesterday that was creative that you didn't thank yourself for being creative on and like what I love is all the little graphics and I'm gonna guess that she drew them herself like she oh. says in here that she's a terrible artist but she still would do it anyway and like mm -hmm. some of these aren't very good but like this one is really good I just I'm flipping through the pages to see some of the it's literally yeah. like a hand but like limp and then there's a bunch of hands like reaching out toward it but underneath it says I'm so alone oh yeah yeah you know what so I mean like it's just it's so like encouraging it's like a confidence builder book but also mm -hmm. a creativity book which I love yeah so there's this one and she talked about it on the tour too so she basically created like so in the book it's this dice and she did end up actually creating it and you can buy it i don't know if you still can i'm sure you still can i know that she said that at some point they were running I'm out i'm going but, to so yes um but it has six sides i'm assuming um but each one is like a different way to deal with your the anxiety that you're going through and so you can like literally like roll the dice and like that's the way that you have to deal with it at that time yeah, I need it um, right now. So, yeah, and you basically, you just, like, have to do it. And, like, so in this one, um, in this section where she starts talking about this dice, she says, um, and it talks about that, we are not our anxiety. Like, we are a person, we have anxiety, but our anxiety is not, like, we're not just the anxiety, you know? Like, right. you're just a person who happens to, like, live your life as an anxious person. I think um, it's really interesting, too, because in her first book, when I was just listening to it, she says, um you know that quote that's like, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. Mm -hmm. She said that she got, like she hit a point where she realized that like no one can make you feel anxious without your consent either. Oh. She's like, and that was really empowering, which I think is a lot of what goes on in this book is like, it basically talks about like, own it. Mm -hmm. Like, so what? You can still do all of these other things. Like it just, but like people, you don't have to let other people make you feel like shit about it, which I think is a really big deal because like people have given me a lot of shit for being an anxious person. Like, people are like, what? Just get your shit together. Like, you're going to be fine. And you know what I mean? Like, but 
you don't have to let them do that. Yeah, you don't you have just, to take that. You can still do whatever you want. Yeah. So one of the ones I'm just going to read, I'll tell you about Flip all it. of the sides because I think it's awesome. So the first one is called Fool. And so with well, this one, it's saying next time you feel anxious, compare that feeling to being excited. And uh, the idea is that they're actually like pretty similar. And so you just have to figure out like, what is it that the negative outcome is that you're worried about it? And you like flip it to like be positive. Um, and then she even says, she was like, if you're worried about not being able to solve a problem say, easy, I got this. Like, I'm excited. It's going to be great. Um, and then she's like, really like, what is like the worst that could happen? Like, that's okay. one of the sides. What's the worst that can happen? Well, so that's fool. So that's like being the fool when oh, you're like, got it, got it, got it. Um, and then the next that side one. is called dump. And so you write down every possible solution to the problem that you're having that's giving you anxiety. Um, and you're supposed to like literally do it until like you cannot come up with anything else and then like just keep freaking doing it. Um, and then she says, make sure you put the most ridiculous solutions you can think of on the list. When in doubt, add aliens invade the earth and destroy it. Um, so basically it's just being like, once you've written down like all of these, like absolutely, like all the worst shit that could go wrong, you're like, okay, like then you can kind of step back and be like, is this accurate? Like, are these really like how many of these are actually practical and stuff? Um, and then the next one is called protect. Um, and then you remember the last time that you were in a stressful or anxiety inducing situation and you think back to the point before things fell apart when you could have excused yourself from that. So that's where your knight in training armor self would come in. So like you think back and you're like, Oh, like this is the point where I started getting too overwhelmed. Like if I literally just like stepped away or gone and done this one other thing. And so then you kind of, you know, you've like, you're protecting yourself for this next one where you're like, well, this is what I could have done last time. Like I'll just do that this time. I like the idea of being your own white knight. Mm -hmm, I think right? that's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, the next one is called Baby. Um, and basically this one is you think of someone. So what she was saying, because uh, Felicia Day has, she has a toddler now. Um, I think she's. Calliope is like two and a half now. Yeah. I was going to say she's like two-ish. So what Felicia says that she does is she goes and she tells her daughter her brilliant idea. Like, or I mean, all the worst ideas that she's having that she's like, whatever idea it is that she's super anxious about, she describes it because a baby is always going to be excited, right? Like no baby is going to be like, wow, that was stupid. Really? That's your great big plan. Babies so, are judgy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't talk very well yet. So Matt, give them tater tots. Um, but yeah, so it's basically you're thinking of someone or something um, who you know is going to love you no matter what. Like, in one of them, she was even saying, I don't think it's in this, but she was saying it when, um, when it was in at, at her talk. She was like, if it's your dog, she's like, tell your dog, like, all the crap that you have. Like, they're going to be so stoked. So you kind of, like, you get this idea out without having to, like, be stressed about somebody not liking your idea, you know, because they're going to love you no matter what. Um, and so then the next one is called Robot. Um, and so then you have to figure out what you're anxious about and narrow it down to one sentence. Um, so some, she said, sometimes the default of, I'm afraid they will hate me. is a great fallback. So you just keep writing that sentence. Like you figure out the one thing you take it one sentence and you just write it again and again and again until you calm down. Cause like, you know, like once you know what it is, right. the idea is kind of like, once you know what it is that you're freaking out about, it's easier to kind of go from there. She talks about that a little in her last book too, how she like, basically started just like filling up journals like about just like her first thought like like a stressor or like even if she was like pissed off at like a friend or a family member she was like and I wrote things like I would never say to these people you know what I mean mm -hmm. she's like, but it was my first thought and it helped me work out like how I was really feeling yeah like, why do I think this like oh I'm just mad at that person because he didn't invite me to their birthday party like yeah. and then if it's that but you're thinking all these like way more negative things or like well they clearly you hate down me to something like legitimate. obviously obviously they hate me and then you're like well I'm thinking that they hate me because they didn't invite me to the party. And then you can be like, well, why right. didn't you invite me? And they're like, well, here's a perfectly logical reason why. I only invited family members. Oh, yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Literally like told, kind of thing. you told me last week you were out of town. Sorry. That's like sketchy. Right. You told me you're out of town. Now you're, now you're in town. I don't know. Um, but so then the last one on the dice is called chicken. Um, and this is the one where you confront your anxiety head on. So every single symptom and like paranoid thought you have, you affirm it and you amplify it and embrace it. So you just like, 
fucking like go for it like um basically just like you know what yeah bring it on like like what she says just take a leap say aha anxiety you're here where were you lit oh where were you slacker now can we get started like hello i've been waiting waiting for the show time like about damn time um so yeah so basically trying to like choose to like fight it and just make it bigger and bigger because then you're controlling your anxiety your anxiety is not controlling you anymore i love that yeah sounds like solid advice yeah and so she was saying she's like you know like you can either like pick one that works well for you or just like do the dice like you literally can roll the dice and just i looked it up her dice are no longer for sale there's a 404 for that for her I'll, I'll yeah. message her. I've got a lot to message her about. I'm going to send her a long ass message. I'm going to get yeah. wine drunk and send Felicia Dale <laughs> a long ass DM. Oh. Um, and then, so yeah, so there's just like a whole bunch of things where, like, and like you were saying, she has a lot of them where it's like, think of the very first thing that comes to your mind and just write forever. Um, and then she has one where you're supposed to, like, a slight prompt and you're supposed to kind of like write about it. And then she was like, huh, what do you know? That's a really great start to a creative item or whatever and you're like damn you felicia you're not wrong um and then there's felicia yeah and then there's like one where like think of a recent incident where you criticized somebody else's work like were your words fair were they necessary like would you have liked it so yeah so it's just like there's just like so many different things like there's an entire like connect the dots of like you create this one thing and it goes all these squares and then somebody finds the cure for cancer So it's like, you never know like what, you know, your one thing is going to do. I think one of my favorite parts, it's more towards the end um, where it's like trying to figure out about like being creative and stuff. And it's like, when in doubt, ask, what would a clown do? Actually, please don't. Stephen King does that. That's the stuff of nightmares. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So like, cause basically what she's trying to do is like how, like look at any problem as an opportunity to, to play and like we can like be more creative and have fun and stuff i just i laughed really hard at that part though so i i pulled out a couple interesting parts too because i like i said i haven't really worked my way through it because i feel like i need i mean she would disagree with but i feel like i need to be in the right like frame of mind to work through something this creative but i've been reading some of the sections of it i haven't done any of the like work work sections um but like this one she talks about like perfectionism And she was just like, what is it? Basically, it's a dick. And what does it represent anyway? Something that doesn't exist. Nothing is perfect. Literally nothing. Everything has a flaw. Look at the internet. Someone somewhere can always point out something wrong with anything. Even Beyonce. Gasp. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's this one work section I'm super looking forward to getting to, which I thought was interesting. And then I read the rest of it and I was like, oh. Um, (laughs) good way in a good way okay it's draw yourself as a young child two to five years old (laughs) if you can scan a real photo and paste it in all the better make it as real as you can and as cute as you can find and the bottom it says now go back and write all the negative things you say to yourself in bubbles around your child self oh ouch yeah you're like i don't want to like but that's such solid advice and like i'm guessing that these are the kinds of things that she would put in her journals she said that she, she like filled like five journals, like solidly over like a couple of months, like while she was like working on getting herself out of the worst of her like anxiety and depression during like the geek and sundry and all that stuff. Like she was still filming supernatural, like she was doing so many things. So that's what I really love about this book. It's like basically like a channel into Felicia's mind and how she works through crap. Yeah. That's what she was saying um, at the tour that this book basically is, is yeah. It's like all the ways that she like helped how she got herself out of her funk. I mean, obviously with therapy and help and whatnot, but the other thing, yeah. The other things that she did. Um, The only other thing that I just want to mention on the book is just like how the, how it like works out with like the chapters and the section. So the first one is just how to use this book. Did you know that a book needs to tell you how it's used? Well, now you do. And then you go to why to creativity and then, our hero selves, which is where you start, you know, like perfecting your superhero-ness. And then you have all your enemies, which are like powerlessness and anxiety and procrastination and shame and foes and whatnot. But then you end up with allies and it's playtime. And then you go on a quest. I haven't got to quest yet. So also the other thing too that she says in this book in the beginning is that you can do it in whatever damn order you want. Um, I love that because that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. So when I first started, I was like, nah, nope. I'm going to go page by page by I'm page. And then I sat it down and I once I finally picked it back up, I was like, you know, I am actually just going to kind of flip through it and like read the parts that I want. Because mainly the dice one was one that I hadn't actually read yet because they like mentioned it. 
on the thing, but I hadn't, so I hadn't read the book because we got the book um, at the little live do jobber. So I obviously hadn't read it yet. Like one person had read it because they were like, who's read the book? One guy wooed. And I was like, but I think we all were like, so, dude, we paid money to we come. We just in bought it, today. And it and it came with the free book. I'm reading signed. it now. Yeah, I think it was from like the book. It was five dollars more to like get it signed and then go see her. But um, yes, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So just you know, New Year, New Rachel. Yeah, New Year, New Rachel. Working through my Felicia Day books, so yeah. a little bit of old Rachel. <laughs> I mean, I do have a lot of things I'm looking forward to in 20. 20- I have my whole little list in here because that's well, one of the things you have to put in here. It's like big goals, big scary goals. That's a good one. I should get to that before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. What page is that? Um, did you have it marked? If you didn't, I'll just scan. You were just saying it while you were scanning, so I was like, maybe. Yeah, you didn't have I don't. It. I did is have it, it in one end? of them. Closer to no, the end. No, it's definitely more in the middle. It's uh, it's in the section our hero selves. It's definitely okay. it's somewhere in there because that's when you start um, kind of like. Oh, growing. Yeah, it's where you start growing on yourself and stuff like that. So it's somewhere in there. Yeah, you have to write, gotcha. you write like every single goal you can freaking think of that you like want, like all the big ones, all the little ones. I'm ready. Yeah. I love it. And she um, even does ones like, like, what is like, pick like the, like, what is the craziest damn thing you could possibly think that you could do? Like, is it go to the moon? So. And I like that we're not supposed to share it because honestly, like, these are the kinds of things that like, like when you do those icebreakers and somebody asks you a question that's like totally random and like your answer would probably be weird if you were like just like being yourself i just i never know what to say and i kind of like to go hide in the bathroom (laughs) yeah that's why i was like i'm not gonna actually tell you what all my big crazy ones were but they're in my book i have them i appreciate that you even wrote them down because i think that's gonna be a struggle for me i had it just sitting on my desk after lunch my coworker had picked it up and she was kind of like flipping through it and then she like saw that well she saw that i was writing in it and then she kind of went to the beginning and she was like I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were supposed to write in this book. I, I didn't mean to like, cause she like, I always have books are sitting on my desk and, and every, people book, always yeah. pick it up to look to see if they want to borrow it. And she was like, I'm sorry. I didn't like realize that that's what this was. And I was like, no, it's fine. I was like, you clearly weren't looking at it long enough to read any of my answers. And right. if anything, I think she only read the, I am the greatest things of Swiss cheese, which I was like, you know what? I am the greatest. I am the greatest Swiss cheese. So it's fine that you know she that. She just knows you're confident. It's fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Well, I felt like, although neither of us have quite finished this book, we've been kind of working out the way through it as we do in our Mm -hmm. own time. I felt like, because I have an extra copy, since I have a signed copy and an unsigned copy, because I did buy her unsigned copy. So I thought this would be a good opportunity. New year, new listener. (laughs) Somebody could maybe win this book. So we're going to do our very first giveaway. To kick off 2020. So we haven't super talked about how we want that to happen, but do we want people to uh, comment on our Instagram and tag a friend? Is that how we want to do it as our giveaway? Yeah, we could do that. Tag a friend or mention us in your story or something. Yeah, we could do that. Um, We will post on our Instagram. We'll come up with like what the actual rule is that we want and we'll put like a end time frame on it and everything Mm -hmm. for everyone. Um, so yeah, just check out our Instagram. We'll have a whole little thing up there. We're going to do our first contest. I'm yeah. very excited. We're super excited. Yeah. New year, new us. I promise kind it of. won't be creepy when I DM you for your address. No, yeah. It'll, it'll be worth it. You'll be very happy. It'll be worth it. Yeah. I got a $30. I won a $30 gift time the last time I had to DM somebody my address. So so it pays off. I promise it pays off because this book is going to be great. And I'll even put it in cute wrapping paper because it's the holidays. Yeah. I'm I also sent them my work address, but whatever. Well, yeah. You're being safe. Yeah. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening. We are super excited to go into 2020 with all of you. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, we hope Ready. you all had a wonderful Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa. And then all the other ones I don't know that it exists, but I'm sure there's only that exist. one big one that has the long name that has all three. Either way, we hope you all had a wonderful December and are staying safe in the new year. And you can listen to us then. Uh, yeah. As always, Instagram is not past your bedtime. Twitter, IIPYB underscore pod. Gmail is not past your bedtime at Gmail. You can check our website. Is it past your bedtime.com. Dot com. Uh, um, uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will talk at all of you later. Bye. Bye.